Hello and welcome to an emergency <laughs> Comics Pals live stream. Tyler's here. Kale's here. What's up, hot dogs? And we we there's a lot. This has been a huge day for day. news. Not even like week so far. Day. Yeah. Man. What's, what's that going to happen tomorrow? I'm curious. Uh, the world's going to blow up. Vince and so ahead of, oh, wait. it's just it's just too much. We needed to get here and talk about what's going on with Ike Perlmutter. So Ike Perlmutter, the person who has steered the ship of what became Marvel Entertainment, was previously just Marvel Comics, Marvel, um, has been fired from his position at the <laughs> head of Marvel Entertainment by Disney as a part of the 7,000 layoffs that Disney has been uh, has been doing. Ike Perlmutter and two of his uh, two of his executives were let go. Ike Perlmutter was made aware of this on the phone, if you can believe Oof. that. Yeah. I hope it was, it was via text. Actually, no, this guy probably has a rotary. That's probably what it was. It, it was a phone call from what I from what I know. I bet it was in front of everyone, and I kind of hope it was too. Unbelievable. This is something that I've seen people say, like, I thought he was gone already. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought he, you know, Everyone has this different take. I forgot about Ike Perlmutter altogether. I forgot about this guy. The fact that he was still there says a lot about the power that he has. And I think there are two pieces of this of this uh, news story to talk about here. Uh, the first one is Ike Perlmutter, his firing, what that means in the immediate moment. But then the other part is the part that I feel like people are not talking about nearly as much, although I think it's more important, which is the aspect of Marvel Entertainment being no more and being sort of lumped into the wider Disney. That is a huge aspect. Yeah, that was story. like just kind of sprinkled at the end of that New York Times article. Yeah. Mm. It, well, it shows it shows how much people don't care about comics, how little it means. Or that, how much people don't like Ike. You know, yeah. Well, that that absolutely as well. Yeah, uh, that is absolutely. By the way, everybody that's watching us live, thank you guys. I'm glad that you know for an impromptu uh, show, you guys have showed up. Bojangle Biscuits, first time chatter. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. That's a great name. Appreciate the love. All right, so let's let's talk. So Ike Perlmutter. Yeah. Since the '90s, he's been the man at the top of Marvel. He is the guy who had the idea. First of all, he owned Toy Wiz first. Um, and Toy Wiz was bought out by Marvel. That put him on the chair of Marvel's board during the 90s. And Ike Perlmutter saw an opportunity to essentially um, uh, capitalize on the possibilities of Marvel characters as uh, brands unto themselves outside of the comics. So, of course, we're talking about the toys, the television shows, which he was a big part of, and eventually the movies. He had the bright idea to let Marvel make their own movies and not keep farming their characters out to different studios. That's how we get to Iron Man and all that cool stuff. It was also his idea to sell Marvel to Disney. Betty regrets that now, although he did make a billion dollars clean off that sale. There's a reason why Ike Perlmutter was fired. And yes, misogynist. We know he didn't like the women characters. We know that they tried to undersell the, or underproduce rather, the uh, the toys for the women characters. Uh, he was notoriously against Captain Marvel being a film. He was also against Black Panther being a film. Uh, in the days of the... Ike Perlmutter's emails were present where we learned that he had put out an email that showed all the failures of women superhero movies over the years. Catwoman, uh, Supergirl. He linked to the numbers these movies did. Elektra, 
as a reason to not do anymore. <laughs> Insane. He's very, very risk averse. It, that that is the nicest thing I could give him. <laughs> and notorious. Uh, otherwise, for- he's a sexist and possibly racist person. You know. So. He would go to people's offices, grab their trash can, take the shredded paper, the 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 ripped up paper, and say, "Use this as a sticky note." That's how frugal Ike Perlmutter was. He um had employees bring their own toilet paper. Yes. Yep. Uh, I think at one point I was reading. I think it was uh, Kurt Busiek was tweeting about it. And also, like. I do like how like Twitter has been like a whole bunch of these old Marvel writers like just like talking shit now. I'm like oh, I love it. Um, you see, like mentioned the toilet paper thing, but he also mentioned the um, Ike Perlmutter getting rid of coffee in the office, not paying for coffee, and then realizing oh, wow. that he doing that made productivity go down. Uh, so that was the only reason he brought coffee back. I fucking walk. Yeah, it's unreal. It's it's unreal. But the, but none of that's why he was fired. None of that. The reason that Ike Perlmutter was fired dates all the way back to 2015. You see, Ike Perlmutter, like Kevin Feige much, and Ike Perlmutter was one of the people who oversaw the cabal that we've talked about many times on the show that basically you know, had power over the films and television that Marvel produced. Ike Perlmutter didn't want Captain Marvel or Black Panther. Ike Perlmutter wanted Inhumans. Ike Perlmutter felt the Inhumans would be the next big thing because Ike Perlmutter hated Fox. So we can't have the X-Men. We'll do the Inhumans instead. And we saw how that went. Ike Perlmutter wanted Kevin Feige fired in 2015. And... In his infinite wisdom, he thought Marvel would be fine. We don't need Kevin Feige. Bob Iger thought differently. And Bob Iger, in his infinite wisdom, not only did not fire Kevin Feige, he shifted all the important stuff that Ike Perlmutter had responsibility for, including the film and television stuff, under Kevin Feige. And made it so that Kevin Feige would report directly to... Iger and Horn, Alan Horn, and no longer Ike Perlmutter. So they've always had a beef, Kevin Feige and Perlmutter. But when, but when uh, Iger made this decision, it created a beef between him and Perlmutter. And so, when Iger was gone from Marvel or from uh, Disney, when he left. Ike Perlmutter back to play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> almost, almost a coup. Maybe that's a little bit too big of a word, but it certainly was a, a proxy battle. So here's so here's what happened. Uh Nelson Peltz is an activist investigator, according to the New York Times, who wanted to join the Disney board and was pushing hard to get onto the Disney board. Perlmutter was going hard to get his buddy onto the Disney board. Annoying, nudging. He reached out six times to senior executives and Disney board members between August and November to get Pelts on the board. This is last when year. That right? did, yeah, yeah, sorry? This is last year? Yeah, yeah. Okay. When that didn't happen, Pelts started advocating against Disney and making the argument that if he was on the board, he would be able to cut costs. He would be able to get Disney streaming service where it needs to be and clean up their succession strategy. And Perlmutter backed this play. All that to say that when Bob Iger got his job back, everybody shut up. Everybody stopped, and now we're witnessing Iger's revenge. That's my theory. You tried to play games with the Disney board. You harassed executives. You tried to manipulate things behind the scenes as someone who owns a ton of Disney shares. You're gone. 
and your Project Marvel Entertainment is gone too. Bye. You lose. I love so when when I heard that you know, there would be like seven thousand cuts across the board, you know, uh, my fears go to you know, I don't know, editors at Marvel Comics, you know, the cast members at Disney World, you know, the little guy. Once I saw I Pearl Perlmutter was one of them, I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> there's a good way to cut off a whole bunch of chunk of chunk of cash out of the way there. Executives cutting executives, I'm into it. Especially a do-nothing executive. He had basically nothing still under his purview. Yeah, yeah. Um, it yeah, was, uh, I think, uh, Chandasuk uh, mentioned in the YouTube chat. You know, you wouldn't see me working at that age because he's almost 80. And I'm like, he's not working. He's just getting money. This is all that is. <laughs> yeah. And harassing money and people. power and harassment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan, Dan says in the, in the Twitch chat that he put uh, the comics under Feige. Mm-hmm. So the only thing he oversaw anymore was licensing. Yeah, so absolutely. If that. And even the, I don't think he put the comics under Feige either. I think that was more of a play against his, his call. Was that, was that Kale right? meant, Kale meant that, uh, Iger put comics under Fair. Feige. Okay. And every, gotcha. everything went under Feige, all creative, you know, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, look, nobody's going to cry tears for a guy that has made billions of, Billions of dollars in his life, uh, losing a job at 80 years old that arguably he probably wasn't really doing anyways. And by all accounts, this dude sucked major, but <laughs> eloquent, Sean, eloquent. Thank you. Um, I think of like uh, this guy was real big into he supported Trump's reelection campaign, if I was right about that. I don't know if it was election or reelection, probably both. the largest donor. Yeah. Um, much to the chagrin of every Marvel employee. Like, they had people actively speaking out against it at the time. 100%. And now, today, I'm seeing reports. I don't remember. I've read so many articles on this. I don't remember exactly which one it was. But they talked about how uh, uh, Perlmutter's axe to grind with Fox because of the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, that that led to those teams being cut out of the comics. So the the theory that we've always had about why those characters were underrepresented in the books is now essentially, in my mind, confirmed. It's always been one of those, like, not secret secrets, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's, it's even remarkable to me that this useful idiot got into the position of CEO at Marvel in the first place. He went from fighting in a war, being a war veteran to selling toys to running Marvel comics. Yeah. What does he know about comics? Fucking dream. Uh, I mean, those, the, God. once you're that high up on the, on the, on the scale there, uh, I don't think you really need to know well, about stuff. You just need to have the money. And even still, what you just said back in those days, like, yeah, they'll, they'll teach you anything, do yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, Did he work in at... magazines too? Am I right about that? Or was it the other guy, other president of Marvel? That I don't know. I didn't see anything about him working in magazines. Yeah. I mean, Matt, Matt mentioned in the chat that his son uh, is head of Funko, who uh, and Funko just laid off their entire Mondo division. Oh, uh, wonderful. Which <laughs> That's also fantastic. It's yeah, I mean, all around. This this is this is uh this is a win. Him specifically being gone is a win all around. Hopefully something like this means that maybe I mean, frankly, not that he has any power anymore, um, uh, but I wonder if there were any holdovers from his power that we will see uh go away. Yeah, I don't see this having any immediate effect. Like uh, uh, from what I've read, he didn't really do anything anymore i, I think right. his last big play was that inhumans thing which yeah granted really good inhumans books at the time so like people were the creatives were doing the work that they were told to do and they were doing it well um yeah but once feige took over like i don't think we've seen anything that that has been you know his decision since then yeah exactly so good riddance farewell goodbye fuck off I also recommend uh, uh, the untold uh, untold story of Marvel Comics, untold history of Marvel Comics. 
Um, it's a really good book. I'm trying to get the the author's name here by Sean Howe, Marvel Comics: The Untold Story. Um, they get a little bit into Ike Perlmutter and that. Um, really fantastic book. He doesn't Perlmutter doesn't look good in that book either. But um, I would argue when that does book he look good? Uh, nowhere really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems like a pretty universal. Like nobody really cared for this dude. Right. No, but I have not seen anyone be like, well, you know, he did this for me. Like, nothing. I mean, listen, you take away the company toilet paper, you're going to get shit on. <laughs> That's a good one, Kelly. Pro- like, at that, at, that, at that point, it's prophetic. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. Well, I'll say this. Marvel certainly, you know, has come a long way. And if he really was the individual alongside, I would imagine, Avi Arad and others that spearheaded Marvel stepping into film with Iron Man and and, and those films, I think that's, you know, that's wonderful. Um, And we probably don't get to this point without that kind of decision making. I just don't think it takes a rocket scientist to make that choice. Yeah, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Right. So and and if you if you really think about it, he bought he bought Marvel and then within that same decade, they go bankrupt. So there you go. Not to blame him for that, but, you know. I think that <laughs> the only thing I can think of that was like a good decision. Uh, I forget who mentioned it in this court. Uh, apologies to whoever mentioned it. Um, but was that he wanted to make cheaper toy biz toys um, for Marvel. Uh, and then because of that, there was a lot more toys available. Like, it's very minimal, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they, they had an exclusive contract to make toys for Marvel before they were purchased. So, you know, wonderful. I'm sure I played with toys that, that came from his. Oh, game. you did. Remember yeah. those, um, so. those clear ones with the comic book in the back. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh yeah. That was that. Yeah. That was super cool. I love that. Yeah. Those were great. Damn. But that's the good part of this story, because I really think this is a tale of two sides as it, as it relates to this story, because no one will cry. For the loss of Ike Perlmutter, but I think potentially the collateral damage of this and maybe just the business realities are that everything that Marvel Entertainment was, which while it wasn't overseen by Perlmutter, does include the comics division and the toy division is now essentially absorbed into Disney. Not that Marvel Entertainment wasn't a Disney entity before. Of course it was. It just had autonomy within the Disney ecosystem. And now that is no longer the case. Dan Buckley will still report directly to Kevin Feige as he has. Um, Dan Buckley is the publisher, or rather president, of... Uh, Marvel Entertainment but other than that as far as we know the structure of Marvel Entertainment no longer exists and we haven't seen the names outside of the executives the three executives that were fired of anyone who might be fired from Marvel Entertainment's end but guess what there are going to be redundancies yeah that's always we haven't even hit Friday yet, which is Friday is right. the day people get fired, you know? Um, yeah. If you get called into the office at 3 p.m. on a Friday, oh, boy, that's not bury, good. Bury the bad news. Yeah. That's how they do it. So there is obviously a lot of, of, of opinions going around on this subject. Uh, everybody's got their take. There are people that are saying this is great. Because now it means that Disney's going to take a look at the publishing end and say, wait, what's going on here? Why is this run this way? Let's shake things up. There are a lot of people saying that. I'm not going to say that that's not possible. But I am going to say that I believe that's highly, highly unlikely. I don't think that Marvel's uh, bottom line is going to look at it and go, wow, yeah, we really need to put our time, money, and effort into this end. I believe I saw that their their annual take-in is 60, uh, 40 to 60 million. Yeah, here it is. 
Uh, this is coming from Deadline. Perlmutter's oversight included comic book publishing, which reportedly earned $60 to $60 million annually. That is what the comics end is making. In Disney's world, that's a drop in the bucket. In I Perlmutter's world, that was a drop in the bucket. Indeed. So do they care enough to keep this thing going? I don't think they'll like I, I, I feel like they're probably not gonna stop making comics. But Yeah, that that's a drop in the bucket, but it's also not enough to take off the table. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. So I'm looking at the divisions of Disney currently as it stands. Because they just restructured this restructured this once Iger came back. Um, so you have uh, corporate, obviously, ES- ESPN's its own division, um, stu- uh, Walt Disney Studios, Disney Media and Entertainment, and then Disney Parks Experiences and Products. Um, my guess is this, fall- this will fall under either Disney Parks Experiences and Products, or it'll fall under Disney Media and Entertainment eventually. Yeah. Um, then you have separate heads from there. Like, I know a lot about the park side of things, because I'm a Disney adult. Um, so I think... I'm not as gloomy about it, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm shocked, though, <laughs> you know, simultaneously. We've, we've been talking about this happening with WB uh, and uh, in DC for months now, right? Um, yeah. This is what everybody thought would happen with DC. Yeah. Yeah. And then ever, and Marvel's like, psych, it's, uh, us doing it first. Um, honestly, I think this might be the reasoning that DC uses to do it eventually. Um, once I see what happens here, but because I think Disney is a stronger company altogether, I'm less worried about it. Um, yeah, I mean, in some in some cases, Disney is stronger than some governments. You know, <laughs> like that whole uh, they just outsmarted DeSantis today, um, and that whole you know Disney Parks uh, Reedy Creek District thing makes DeSantis look like an idiot. So, yeah. I, I don't want to be negative on here. No, sure. I, w- yeah. I, I want to, you know, not be doom and gloom about this. But let's let's speak reality right now. Sure. Mm. The movies are on a trajectory where they have their own canon. And they don't need comics to tell stories anymore. There are enough stories in the comics to extrapolate and you know do whatever you want to do take them for what they are clean the bones off and dump the carcass to make their movies in perpetuity as long as it's going to be successful they don't need comics to continue to publish for that if comics vanished today it wouldn't mean anything to disney not anything mm. 60 60 million that's the number yes but there is public perception that Disney very much cares about. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But public perception of who? The wider world doesn't care about comics. We care. The comics industry cares. It would destroy the comics industry. But would Disney really see a significant amount of negative blowback? I think if Disney starts seeing headlines of Disney, uh, you know, ends Marvel comics. You know, I think that's a huge ass headline that would make national news and would not look good. And especially since Iger's like, I think under Iger, we don't see that because Iger's whole thing right now is public perception and, and, and fixing things that Chapek screwed up. That's the reason he's there. Once he's right. gone though, is when I think changes can happen and then we'll see what happens with Marvel. I think it's another negative headline, and they're in the they're in the business right now of preventing negative headlines. Right now, they're in the the business of clearing five point five billion dollars of debt. Sure, half of that just got I got uh, gone with uh, Perlmutter, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the that's the key. That's the key. If it comes to reaching this number goal, they'll do it. 
I don't I I, I don't hold anything past the corporation. Mm. Mm. I just don't. T- Disney runs Marvel. They I hate to I hate to say this because I disagree fundamentally with the idea that this would be a good thing. But they could outsource the production of books. They could. Yep. IDW is probably like, ooh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not it's not impossible. Another thing Busiek mentioned, and Kurt Busiek, one of my favorite Twitter follows, honestly. He's one of the few yeah. reasons I'm still on that site. Um, yep. He mentioned that there is a potential inverse that could be good here because Ike Perlmutter was very risk-averse. He would not want to do anything you know, that he saw as potentially risky. Um, because it doesn't make much money, Marvel. They could do risks, you know, because they're not risking money, really, at that point. And one of the things he mentions is maybe using that and maybe making it more integrated with Disney. What if Disney started putting out, I don't know, Disney princess books? That's a whole division that is huge for them. That could be untapped, because it really is untapped right now. If they put out a whole bunch of, I don't know, Moana books, uh, I don't know, they put out Haunted Mansion books to tie into the movie. I think this could be a good IP generator as well. Um, publishing, in terms of physical print, I don't know, but they did just uh, gut their digital experiences uh, division as well. So I don't think we're going to go full hog into, or whole hog into, you know, a digital comic format. But there's potential for the opposite to happen here, too. It's because it's not making so much money, we can do things with it. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want to mess with the parks because parks generate a significant amount of money. So being risky there, not as easy. That's true. That is true. I just have a hard time believing that a suit who's never read a comic in their life is going to look at the bottom line of Marvel Entertainment on the publishing end and go, wow, yeah. Now when we're trying to save five billion, this is the time to take a risk on comic books. Yeah. And frankly, the sound of Disney taking a risk doesn't ring true to me. Well my thing is it isn't even a risk because it's so small in comparison to things. I think if the, if somebody can spin it as this is our IP farm, everyone loves IP. A suit will love the word IP. They love that sound. If yeah. Disney wouldn't let a little dead boy use Spider-Man on his gravestone, like they're not gonna, you know. That dead boy did not, not have the rights to Peter Parker, okay? Well, that but that's what I'm talking about. Like, they're so litigious and, you know, they care about their image so much. They're not going to just let that, you know, they're, they're not just going to let risks lay, you know, uh, fall down where the, you know, wherever they happen or they need something like they, they, they care too much about walking down the middle. Yeah. Anything's possible. I just am very concerned. For the future. And 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 I want to say something to people that think, well, you know what? Marvel publishes bad comics anyways. Their comics are so woke anyway. They'll fire and get rid of the editors and the behind the scenes people who keep making these bad comics. Fire Jordan D. White, you know, the editor of the X-Men. No, he's got a great muscle. All this all this bullshit. Of course he does. He's a great guy. Let me tell you something. If you think that they're going to fire all the people who know how to make comics, whether you like the comics or not, the people that know how to make comic books, and then what? Go and find someone else? You're wrong. It will go from there are no, or there are X-Men comics you don't like, to there being none. Yeah. And that'll be that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm imploring people to stop cheering the demise of comics. If we lose Marvel, we lose the direct market. Oh, if we lose yeah. the direct market, comics go underground. 
honestly, you won't you won't be able to keep comic book stores open anymore. Anymore. That's done. If Marvel stops publishing comics, that is the excuse that Warner Brothers needs to not do it for DC, and then there's no comics. I hope you guys it, like Demon Slayer. It wouldn't even matter. If DC, if Marvel stops publishing comics, that's the end of the direct market. Yeah. DC can do whatever they feel like doing. It doesn't matter. I hope it's not leaning to a DC Universe app, because that app ain't good, you know? So. This is, like, I don't, I don't, again... My hope is that this leads to nothing, and that's entirely possible. We won't know for six months. Sure. At it's going to be a while. Yeah, at minimum. I think the first thing we'll see is probably a reduction in the amount of books a month. Um, I think the short first term. thing we'll see is cuts. Yeah. If, if like, there are to be cuts. Cuts we'll like at editors and stuff like that. We'll yeah. see people go. Yeah. I think we see that this week, if anything. <laughs> um. Yeah, because this is this is the week that they are doing the layoffs. Um, yeah, I don't think they want to really drip feed the layoffs. I think they just want to kind of, you know, rip the bandaid off here. The way that Iger's been talking about it and pretty much warning people about it. But yeah, right. Look, we love comics on this podcast. We want comics to thrive. These kinds of stories scare the shit out of me. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm always hopeful but it's tough to get on here and just talk about the positives when it looks so grim there are a lot of good people that work in comics yeah. a lot of good people and i want to see those stories i just do i don't Man. want this industry to go away without marvel and dc we're gonna have to just review spawn book i can't i can't do this guy <laughs> I guarantee you, if Marvel and DC go away, Spawn will still exist. <laughs> Spawn's gonna be like the cockroach in the in the radioactive uh, nuclear warfare of the, the comics collapse. But yeah, Hod will fund Spawn himself. Oh, one million hundred percent. Yeah, the fans will fund it. Kickstarter already yeah. is a source oh, for. I'll be a huge Spawn yep. fan at that point. Yeah. Yep. Um, what else are you gonna read? <laughs> so either that or Dogman. Fucking war whoa, 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 whoa. Don't hate on Dave Pilkey. All right. There was no hate involved. I'm saying those will be the options. Fair. Take your pick. <laughs> Whatever, however you feel about that. Um, there, There's, again, the most likely outcome here to me is that nothing happens. Yeah. When we're talking about a year, year and a half, I don't feel like we'll see anything huge. But over time, I could see this being bad. This could be a huge evaluation period. We need to know who is going to be appointed into some of those new roles that will pop up inevitably and who's going to be released. Those are the keys. And if we start to see an exodus of top-tier creators from Marvel, then you know what happened. You know that the, that the contracts are cut, the page rates went down again, and it will be scabs and people trying to make their bones as the creative team on Spider-Man. And that's where we'll be. What do you think of the possibility of this becoming a more in-house pop, uh, you know, thing? You know, where everything's kind of taken in-house, you know, there's uh instead of page rates, it's all house style sort of thing, like a like paying like, actual living wages? Whoa, 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 let's not go crazy. <laughs> well, that's I mean, yeah. listen. What do you mean by like so in house meaning they they they're paid what hourly they got a they get a they get a salary what do you mean salaried yeah yeah salaried. instead of page rates yeah I know like um I believe I'm trying to think of another industry that does this um I think like uh I think manga actually there are like manga houses that all work on books and stuff like that um brain not working right now but you know. It's very I, big on known everywhere. Yeah, that 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 would be great, you know. I guess, although I I don't see them shelling out that kind of money. And if they're not shelling out the right kind of money, then it probably doesn't make sense to be Marvel exclusive or DC exclusive, yeah. which we've seen exclusivity become a less normal, common thing over the last ten years. Uh, the other point too, you know, I'm, I'm still seeing headlines about uh, Ant Man having. Uh, you know, essentially bombing 
<laughs> what happens if this, you know, Marvel bubble is bursting uh, and then the, you know, the the breadwinner of the MCU is no longer winning bread? Where does that leave Marvel comics at that point, too? Like before there was a clear division in a way. Now they seem a little more closely tied. If the money generator is no longer generating as much money, then what is the little guy part of it have? You know, why do we even need to invest in that anymore? I think that's a much longer term. Sure. Question. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I feel like to, to, I don't know. I just don't overreact to the, the sales numbers of Marvel movies because we know that they've, that they've been in a weird spot, but the movies that need that need to do well, and the movies that are generally well received have done well. So if Ant Man sucked, according to the public, then it did less. I don't. I don't know. I don't read much into that. But I, I would like to give, as we wind down, the listeners their opportunity to share their piece of this because I do want to know what you guys are thinking and how you're feeling about this. So I'd love to turn to the comments for a few minutes so we can. Uh, if you can get the take of the listeners. Uh, Dan making me not want to turn to the comments by saying AI generated art from this point forward. Oh my God. Well, Marco's not here. Comics. Yeah. That's horrifying. Uh, he, he says about Tyler's uh, uh, wage thing. Um, that's actually how comics worked in the golden age. The publishers outsourced the work to houses and things weren't done under the roof of national timely etc uh people like bob kane joe simon uh will eisner i think had his own yep house um they established houses that were subcontracted to create the content hmm. i i have no familiar familiarity with that but it sounds to me like the kind of thing that would see less quality coming out of the books um if we're not going if if they're not going to be willing to pay the top tier creators what they need to make to want to do that kind of thing then the work falls to the next group and then how good is how good are they do we want that i mean if we're talking pay there was a good thing to happen with disney uh the the cast members in florida uh, they have a union there they pretty much just got their their contracts affirmed almost unanimously like 18 dollars an hour so like there's precedent for them paying people a decent wage now. Um, Tyler but again, is I'm way too optimistic. <laughs> desperate to talk about Disney parks. That's oh, man. I've been craving to go. I've been seeing that Tron ride down there. Fucking anything to defend Disney. Oh, no, I swear, what? Disney, they'll be a good guy. I swear, they'll do the right thing. I'm just, I'm just trying to get that, uh, that, that, that media pass, you know. The uh, goddess Vaith says, I think everyone knows that comics has been long due for a market correction for a long time. If they could drop their monthly titles from 80 a month to 40 and focus on putting out good stories, I feel like we start a slow bounce back until we see that I feel like comics are just going to continue to fall away slowly. It's too many titles for people at the price point they're at currently. I think every single word of that is true, except for the part where why would Marvel limit their books? Marvel's publishing 80 titles a month for a reason. Marvel has the dominant corner of the market. Marvel wants more of their books on the shelf than other publishers. Marvel wants to take up as much publishing space as possible. And if take your pick, book doesn't do that great, but Spider-Man is doing gangbusters. Spider-Man is rising all boats, yeah. right? And Marvel says, well, if the Moon Girl book do so great, all right, we'll cancel it and we'll relaunch it and try again. That number one's going to sell. And guess what? People in trade seem to really like Moon Girl, so why not? The other thing, and if they start limiting their books, you know, we talked about this last week on the show, uh, price point. What happens then? They limit their books and they increase price. They're pretty much saying, hey, if you want to get Marvel Comics, you only have a certain amount to actually do it for. And now these books cost $6, you know? Um, it sounds like a hostage situation in a way, but... Well, yeah, be it's capitalism. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not as simple as saying, 
we're gonna sell we're gonna have less of our our beer brand on the shelves right every comic is is different every comic is individual every comic has a different audience so it's not as if you can cut the offerings in half but retain the audience because if you don't publish moon girl for example then whatever amount of people were buying moon girl maybe they're not taking that five dollars or four dollars and putting it somewhere else maybe they're keeping it in their pocket yeah that's the gamble and then you would have to raise prices Vaith, uh, Vaith says true. However, the majority of those titles make so little money, it's likely being registered in the thousands. So it also devalues that IP when you're so focused on making less good stories just to keep, uh, just to keep up with the amount of lines you need to maintain. Uh, I have a hard time with the idea that it devalues the IP, and they're setting out to try to make good stories, you know, and. The people that are buying, I think it's good. I think that's Marvel's strategy. Whether it's a whether it's whether it's the right one or not, they're making more money than any other comic book publisher in the West that publishes direct market comics, floppy comics. You can only argue but so much with with success. Um, I don't think Marvel's strategy is great for the industry as a whole. But it's great for their bottom line, which is exactly the thing we see everybody focusing on. One one positive I was sort of thinking of is um, uh, with the actual like Disney publishing arm, maybe we do see that full shift to you know Penguin or whatever as distribution. Right. Like you know, globally? That, yeah. Yeah. Like we get, you know, we get comics everywhere they need to be now instead of working with Diamond or whatever the fuck, you know? So uh, C2E2 is this weekend, and I was just looking at the panels, and C.B. Sabolsky, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, has two panels this weekend. Uh, he has a Spider-Man one and then uh, Breaking Ooh. in the Comics. Uh, Weeby Sabolsky? Kira Ishida? Oh. Yeah. oh um, the so, Yeah. So I do not envy him. <laughs> for, yeah. I bet you they don't do a Q&A. Uh, thank you, Catherine, for the Twitch sub. Appreciate that. Hi. Hello. Hey. Thank you. Yeah. And, and he has to answer to it. Someone has yeah. to say something. And I hope that the reason they put this out now and the reason why this is happening now, although, again, I do not believe that Disney gives a shit about what happens at C2E2 or anything of that nature. But my hope is that now this empowers C.B. Sobolski to get out there and make a statement that will assuage people like us, people that are listening to this or people who are concerned, and say, hey, listen, for us, this really doesn't change anything. Maybe it even loosens the reins a little bit. I would love to hear that. If it's true. We'll, we'll see. Uh, once this breaking in the comics, this is Friday. So. Well, he probably won't say anything at the breaking in the comics panel, but. Oh, I'm sure other people have other questions like how he broke into comics. <laughs> uh, put on a kimono. <laughs> Matt says uh i would pay more for a mcneven comic than i would a junior junior comic i'll pay for prestige titles from top artists i've paid 25 dollars for a single issue if it's worth it i will pay i think that there are quite a few people who read comics that feel that way I, i i certainly do my problem is that that amount is not high and it goes back to what dan didio said in the interview that i over and over again which is that yeah you could do that and there might be, you know, a thousand Matt Murphys that are wanting to spend $25 on a single issue of Batman. But what about the rest of the people who are willing to spend $5 or $4 and no more that are now alienated and not buying anything? What's the cap on that? When does that stop? Hales of the world. <laughs> Sean's of the world, dude. I'm done. Unless you got like a scratch and sniff issue, you're not letting you know. I'm not getting a, a twenty five dollar comic. I just bought a guy the Geiger trade today. 
Okay? It costs $10. I also bought Detective Comics number whatever today. It costs $5. <laughs> Do the math. One issue versus six. And I would argue uh, Geiger prestige creative team. <laughs> Absolutely. Not a run of the – not that – I'm not trying to disparage Rom V. Forget I said detective. Any book, okay? Sure. Yeah. Hmm. $4, $5, $6. The creative team's probably not as good as the one on Geiger. It's a joke. It's a joke. $10 versus six, five. It's ridiculous. Uncharted waters, for sure. Yeah. Hey, here's the good thing about all this we have content for the show. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> well, that's my that's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> but in all seriousness, this did put a damper on my day to some degree. Other things did too. We'll talk about that another time. But uh, the idea that Marvel could be in jeopardy, that now both DC and Marvel sort of feel like they're on the precipice of things going left, that puts a bad feeling in my gut. Which sucks because we should be cheering on the dissolution, the, the Thanos snap of Ike Perlmutter. I can't even say his name. Ike Perlmutter. It's already just vanishing out, yeah. of, your, yeah. out of your lips. Dan Trudeau says $6 monthly for Comixology Unlimited versus that much for one issue of a comic. Yeah. Well, the problem is Amazon owns Comixology Unlimited, and sure. they're just as bad as Disney. But imagine a company, or rather, imagine a business or a medium operating like this in any other place. What's the cost of Resident Evil 4 Remake? Anywhere you go. 70? Uh, 60, I think. Oh, no, but, I ring 70 now. <laughs> Whatever it was, I I paid it. I what I needed that game. The, what's the price? The price is the price. Sure. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter how you try to get it unless you steal it. The price is the price. Yeah, it's, it's free ninety nine at Target self checkout. And it's consistent. It's not like some uh some Sony games are or or you know some uh Capcom games that are AAA titles. You can buy Resident Evil 4 for $70, or you can buy the same type of new game for less or more. It's consistent. Games have consistent messaging across all companies that make games. You have your 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 low-tier games that have low-tier price, and you have your triple A's. We we understand it. I don't know why comics are like this. I'm sorry for the rant. Uh it was more of a soapbox. Yes, thank yeah. you. So much. Branding. You're sure, branding. Right. So, yeah, we got it out of our system. We won't be talking about this on Saturday. We, we, we oh. might. <laughs> well, you know, it, I, I guess it might come up. We again. need a Marco minute. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> we we really, really don't. Uh, Robotters says, with bad quality books for said person, it's better to cut bait with the price points as it is voting with wallet. Is something will be, is something will most will be doing more and more. Yeah, absolutely. Every every dollar and cent more that any item costs, you will lose people along the way, and the average comics fan is going to have a difficult time justifying price increases. Yeah, Dan says on Twitch, comics are like this because you can't fix comics in a meaningful way without hurting people invested in the business. Yeah. It's a business built on a on a house of cards. On a house of floppies. Which not stable. No. No. Especially the quality nowadays. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Try building a house on the, the DC books. <laughs> Those books leave fingerprints. It's wild to me. <laughs> Legatus Vaith makes a good counterpoint. If I vote with my wallet enough, eventually all comics lose, though. That's I mean, true, too. If they're putting out shit, like, 
they got to, you know, they got to do better. Like. It's it's it feel it it feels more and more like an impossible problem. Yeah. But I want to end on this note. At the end of the day, Pearl Mutters aside, giant corporations, CEOs aside, we're here because we love comics. And the only responsibility that a comic book reader has is to enjoy it. And if you're so inclined, spread the gospel. Buy support and read what you love try to avoid piracy if you can it's kind of shit read comics support creators yeah that's it that's it i'm not i'm not saying buy what you don't like i'm saying put your money where you do Mm. that's all yeah with that We're going to close out this live. Thank you guys so much for watching. Tune in Saturday to hear our thoughts on the rest of the major news that came out this week. Jonathan Majors included new Jonathan Hickman and Valerio Skeety book fully announced. We know what it is. And that dude just can't catch a break. He announces something. He's doing something awesome. And Marvel implodes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure Jonathan Hickman is uh is thinking hard about just moving all his all his ideas to Substack. By the way, uh our show will be at the normal time this week. Uh we will be doing the show at 10 a.m. 10:15 a.m. Eastern. We will be explaining all the reasons why, but that is the case. Thank you guys for joining us for this special live stream. Really means a lot that you did. We appreciate it so much. We will see you guys Thursday for Pals Pulls at 6 p.m. Eastern. If you want to come hang out with us, we are going to be reviewing The Ambassadors, number one, a new Malar World joint. Uh, We will also be talking about Doom Patrol, number one, Harley Quinn, number 28, and Action Comics, number 1053. Thank you so much for watching. Until then, we are the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you tomorrow. (laughs) That's a new one.